Radio Show. This is your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversee. We've not been here in about 50 years or so, <laughs> but we're back. Forgot what you looked like for yeah, a while. Yeah, really. So uh, you're listening to the only show in America, in the world, where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So uh, that's what we do here. And we give you all the news from a biblical perspective. We're going to talk about what's going on uh, in the world today. So what I do, Pastor, during the week uh, to prep for the show is I text myself stories. Hey. And since we haven't been on for five or six weeks, uh, just because I've been ill, uh, I've got about 500 stories. That, <laughs> it's going to be a long show. <laughs> and I print them out, and I send my little girl downstairs where the printer is to get it, and she goes, ah, do I have to? <laughs> and she does. She has to go. But she, uh, anyway, she helps me out. So we got a bunch to talk about, but um, a lot of the old stuff, we're just going to have to punt on that and go more to the recent stories. We missed some things, didn't we? We missed yeah. <laughs> And I forget what they are. I Who's president? I don't, <laughs> I don't think he I don't knows. want to go there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so some things have been happening uh, recently. A, a really great story, Pastor, uh, um, that... Uh, Involved a state senator, a friend of mine. So here's what happened. Um, Randy Smith is a state senator from Tucker County. Tucker County is over, over in the over by the Eastern Panhandle, and it, it's a coal mine, uh, coal mine county. Randy Smith's been a coal miner uh, for 30, 40 years. He's in the state senate. Just one of the best guys you ever meet in your life. He's one of the guys that make being in the, in the, in the legislature a, a fun. We served together in the House for two years, and he served with my dad for two years. But just a great guy. So he's at the, he's uh, working at the coal mine, what he does. He, he, he doesn't go in the coal mine anymore. He's kind of a safety guy. And um, so a car uh, breaks down, gets lost, ends up at this coal mine, and breaks down. It's sitting there where these heavy machinery trucks that haul all this coal right in the middle of the road, a dangerous place. And it ends up, it's an electric vehicle whose battery, whose battery ran out right at this coal mine. I think they got lost. They're from Washington, D.C. Is that just uh, delicious or what? From Washington, D.C., an electric car, this couple, they break down in the middle of the road. Somehow they ended up at this coal mine in Tucker County, West Virginia. So these coal miners, Randy Smith included, my buddy, uh, <laughs> push this electric car, I don't know how far, mile, whatever, <laughs> up the road to charge, recharge this electric car at the coal mine. <laughs> so Breitbart which is a conservative news service, gets a hold of it. Randy posted. Randy posted the picture of these coal miners pushing the car. He, he posted it from behind, these guys pushing the car. Posts it 
on his Facebook page. Somehow Breitbart finds out. Then the Blaze, which is uh, uh, Glenn Beck's organization, gets a hold of it. Then Fox News posted on their website. Then on Fox and Friends this morning at 730 they interview Randy Smith and his coal mining buddies in their in their uh, they're at the coal mine in their in their <laughs> stuff with their helmets on, and they interview Randy about what happened. It is uh, just a precious story. Randy said this will go down in coal mining history. They will talk about this story for for generations. Oh my goodness! An electric vehicle. From Washington D.C. Oh man, breaks down. How did they get you, to this gold mine? I don't know. You can't flesh out all the irony that's you, involved. No, in that. it, they used uh, in the interview <laughs> with Randy. Randy used the word irony about ten times. Now he's a coal miner. He was trying to show off, I think, with that fancy <laughs> word. <laughs> but he's just the best guy, and he had these other four or five coal miners behind him who helped. Oh, and they gave the couple in the electric car a Friends of Coal license plate. <laughs> they they can't tow the car. They couldn't tow the car because electric vehicles are all plastic underneath yeah, it. Yeah, you'd rip it apart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? Electric well, it, cars. It actually just shows the really short line between coal power and uh, what charges your electric car anyway. So. Yes, exactly. I mean, without coal, look, folks. Okay, and we got a story here. We're going to talk about – we're just going to do small talk here about um, – I wanted to talk about my medical issues for about an hour and a half. How Man. would that do for hey, ratings? Turn up people? the radio, folks. Let's uh, <laughs> let's dig into this. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask. Uh, don't go there, Pastor. You know that I will. I I will talk about my medical <laughs> issues ad nauseum. Nauseum being the key word there. All right. So here is uh, here's a great coal story. Speaking of coal, a little segue here. America. This is Loop Press, which I think. Is a West Virginia, uh, a West Virginia a group, a media group. America has enough coal to last for guess. Pastor, mm-hmm. I'm I read guess. the headline, so I'm I'm. Right, you know, I'm thousand not a fair years. guesser. Thousand, thousand years. years. How about that? I think if you look at it scripturally, I always use this v- a verse from Ecclesiastes that says, "The prophet of the earth is for all." Mm. I think God mm-hmm. creates um, in perpetuity natural resources. Mm. They call it fossil fuels. Like all these, all these coal mines are like you know dead animals. And I think that oil is produced, is created, and I've I've read articles on this from from guys that know this. That no, you know, from a biblical perspective, writing about this, uh, you know, be, be, before the flood, there was a vapor over the earth. The, the, the earth was like a greenhouse. Right. The vegetation would have been just just exponentially more than what we see here. And then the flood comes, and all that vegetation, you know, so it could be fossil. It could be a lot of the coal could be from antediluvian mm-hmm. pre pre flood. Um, uh, cre- creation, just what existed back then. But I think also that God creates in perpetuity in the earth 
natural resources. Mm. I think we have enough oil for a thousand years also. Mm. I think we know he has the ability to do that. I mean, he created it in the first place and he was active in creation even during his miracles here on earth. You know, when he broke the five loaves and the two fishes and fed 5,000 people with that, he was creating yeah, more so fish he, and, and more bread and right there on the spot. And he's active so. in creation every every single day mm-hmm. in, in trillions of, of different, you know, babies and flowers and animals. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, there's all, they're always reproducing in perpetuity. Coloss- so anyway. Colossians 1 says that by him all things consist. So he's still very active in what's happening here on earth in his creation right now. The, the earth is staying in orbit at exactly the right spot where yep. it needs to. Everything's happening because of him. So, yeah, yes. I think that's that's true. So the most important, let me get to the article here because there's some interesting points here. It's not real long, but the most important technological improvement in U.S. coal mining during the last 50 years was the application of long wall mining. So they had, that, I've learned this a little bit from serving with uh, Randy Smith and, and uh, some other coal miners down there. But they, these long walls, they had these machines that are, uh, I don't know, $100 million just to, to purchase, and they just they just grind these long walls, and they they produce uh, so much coal. It's just amazing. Uh, someday I'd like to go down in a mine. They'll let you. Uh, Randy, guys like that will take you. So long wall mining. For long walls, the average number of tons produced per shift rose nearly 2,000 tons during the recent five-decade period. So these long wall machines, um, each shift uh, increased 2,000 tons. So this is an amazing invention. Currently, there are an estimated 50,000 workers employed at surface operations, and about 80,000 miners are employed for the underground mines. This is West Virginia. The United States now mines about 980 million tons of coal annually. So what, is coal going to go away? I don't think so. Even so, the U.S. can mine at this rate for the next 1,000 years and still not exhaust the reserves. All right, so how many states, here's a little little, uh, quiz for you. How many states are coal mining states, do you think? I'm going to guess there's a handful, five. 27. Wow. That surprised me also. With recoverable reserves in at least 33 states, which would make sense yeah. because if you if you look at it from uh, these resources coming from the flood, many, you mm-hmm. know much of it, uh, the flood covered the whole earth. Right, right. We don't believe in a regional flood. We believe in the worldwide flood. So I would think that you would find these deposits everywhere. West Virginia and and Pennsylvania and that that circle there. Um, of I don't know, of 100 miles, 200 miles in diameter is is the first or second greatest producer of natural gas in the world. Wow! Not not in America, in the world, it might be number two behind Texas, Wyoming, but something like that. So, um, anyway, 27 states produce coal. West Virginia is the leading source of U.S. coal uh, distributed abroad. And let's see, nearly 90% of all U.S. coal mines are located within the region. Um, I got a bunch here, but um, anyway, 1,000 years of coal, and West Virginia has some of the best coal. And you know what that means? It means for the next 1,000 years, there are going to be coal miners that are going to be able to push electric cars that don't work. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so we were talking about these 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 uh, coal miners need to go to California and uh, uh, push around their cars that they charge, want to charge out. Charge a couple hundred bucks an hour for these rich Hollywood types and all these these lefty uh, lefties out there and and make some money. Uh, so how many? Hey, this surprised me too. And we'll finish with this. But in the Mountain State, there's more than 350 coal mines. That's a lot. I, I had no idea. Yeah. But what they'll do, they'll go to these coal mines, and when they're done, they 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 have stilts that that hold them up throughout the coal mine that can be miles, and then they'll just they'll just break these things down, and the earth will sink. It's incredible. Wow. <laughs> wow. It is not so. Anyway, praise God for coal. Praise God for coal miners. We love you guys out there. We don't. Uh, Wood County is not a coal mining state, but uh, West Virginia is, and it's our heritage. Um, so, anyway, Randy Smith from Tucker County, great senator, great <laughs> coal miners out there. Um, so we'll be back. We got some really, uh, really interesting pro-life stuff and education stuff, and uh, we're going to bring you some some interesting. Interesting facts that have been going on in America. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We're back, folks. And we will be back here right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. I am back in the chair. This is Mike Azinger, your uh, host. Hey, and then imagine that the co-host is you uh, survived. You're back. <laughs> you keep you're going, alive. You keep going there, don't you? Well, you know the rumors of your death have been uh, greatly Great exaggerated. exaggerated yeah, so. one of my favorite verses. I love that. <laughs> Ecclesiastes. Yeah, so I was uh, in the hospital for a bit, and we haven't been we haven't done a show in five or six weeks, and that, which makes me feel very. Uh, Lazy, lackluster. <laughs> I should be. I should be. But uh, folks, believe me, I couldn't. I was uh, uh, incapacitated, and um, but I'm, I miss doing this, and, and I miss being with uh, with you in the studio here and mm. hammering stuff out. But I think I'm healed. Thank you, God. That's right. Because <laughs> I was in a lot of pain. And folks, I'm not going to give you details. P- Pastor is uh, egging me on. You're, you're trying to steer me in that direction. And that's not of God to do that. That is not of God to do that. How how dare you yeah. as a pastor? To... All right, so here we go. Let's, let's talk a little bit about abortion because uh, um, Roe v. Wade, praise God, was overturned on June 24 and, uh, or July 24. Which was it? July twenty July July twenty four yeah. no I think it was no June, June. 20. it, it was, was June twenty four yeah all right so it's man time flies so what's going on right now with the different states and we'll talk about West Virginia for a second also what's going on in West Virginia and um, uh, but this is from lifenews.com. thirteen states and this is from August twenty four so it's a couple of weeks old but um, it's it's current there might be a few changes here. But uh, this is pretty current. Thirteen states are abortion-free. Wow! How about that? Yeah. Huh? Does it matter that Roe v. Wade was mm. a, was overturned? Does it matter who we vote for? It does because guess what? Uh, I don't mean to get 
I don't need, mean to, to, to bring politics in it, but let's bring politics in it. Donald Trump appointed pro-life mm. Supreme Court justices that overturned That's Roe true. v. Wade. That's what happened. And uh, it matters who you vote for and who you support. 13 states are abortion-free. What's that mean? That means a whole lot of babies that would have been aborted weren't. Yeah. Now, they can go to other states, but um, um, in West Virginia, babies were saved. By the way, uh, in West Virginia, every year, five years ago, there were 1,500 babies aborted wow. every year in West Virginia. So the legislature passed a, uh, a joint resolution, which becomes a, um, uh, a constitutional amendment that the people voted for, that said that Medicaid could no longer pay for abortions. Abortions went from... 1,500 a year in West Virginia, then after that passed, down to 1,000 a year. Hmm. So um, politics matters. Government matters, folks. Um, There's 500 babies that weren't aborted in West. Some of those went to other states, but a bunch bunch of those were babies that are alive today. All right, so 13 states are abortion-free, and 62 abortion businesses have closed since Roe v. Wade overturned. Wow. How about that? In the last few months, the landscape across the U.S. has changed drastically as many states work to protect the lives of innocent human beings growing in the womb. After a week of investigative phone calls, Operation Rescue has determined that 62 abortion clinics have recently stopped performing abortions. West Virginia's only abortion clinic closed down for 19 days when Roe v. Wade was overturned, and we're working on making that point in it. Among those 62 clinics no longer killing babies, 18 closed altogether. Hmm. North Dakota's abortion ban is currently blocked, and abortion is legal. So they, they blocked it, but that's not over, I'm sure. However, the last remaining abortion clinic closed making it an abortion-free state in spite of that uh, court ruling. As a result, 13 states are currently abortion-free. Over 78 million people are now living in an abortion-free state. Wow. So we have a population of 300, 325 million in America. 78 million people. Who, who thought we'd ever say that, Pastor? Yeah. 78 million people in America now live in an abortion-free state. Wow. That is nearly a quarter of the U.S. population. The status of each state working to abolish abortion is explained at a, gla- at a glance in the table below, which you can't see. But um, So what are the states? I'm just looking at the abortion-free states. Let me just name them for you. Idaho, North and South Dakota, uh, Wisconsin. Hmm. Man, how can that be? Kentucky, Tennessee, Texas. Uh, Oklahoma, uh, Louisiana, this is too too small to read. But um, so trigger laws are expected to take place, uh, take effect tomorrow in three states. So this would have already happened. Idaho, Tennessee, and Texas. Um, So let's just look at Texas. An abortion trigger ban is set to take effect tomorrow, which would have been two weeks ago, on top of another ban that was in effect before uh, Roe v. Wade and was reinstated after its overturn, the trigger law will strengthen the punishment for those who illegally perform abortions. So there's some 
really exciting things happen, and and there's more states coming. West Virginia, I believe we will have a a law. We have nothing right now. Um, I mean, we have laws that we passed before overturning Roe v. Wade that that have uh, have made abortion uh, much more difficult, um, but it's not been outlawed yet. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, the only abortion clinic in the state in Charleston shut us shut us doors that day. Mm-hmm. They were they were afraid because we automatically went back to the 1849 law that we had inherited from being a uh, with Virginia as mm-hmm. one state. When we broke off from Virginia, we we uh, took that law that they had that said that. The um, abortion is illegal, three to ten years. If the mama dies, it's uh, felony murder. And um, so the, the abortion clinic said, well, we don't want to mess with that. They shut their doors. Mm-hmm. So what I think will happen in West Virginia, I think that I think that we'll end up with initially a law that says um, abortion is illegal with a few exceptions just because that's that's the reality of what we can get. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in exceptions. You know, I don't believe in rape or incest as exceptions. Um, you know, if a mama's dying, that that is a different, uh, a, a different ideal, but or a, a different scenario. But ninety-eight uh, percent of the abortions can be can be taken care of, can be outlawed just with rape and incest, mm-hmm. even though that we have those exceptions. So we're working on a bill that will give us rape and incest. And um, uh, I believe that we're going to have that, and the court's still going to still could rule on it, also. But um, anyway, that's uh, really really exciting. That's great. I mean, sixty-two abortion clinics. I don't think people. uh, I think people have overall felt like this has been settled, and there was no hope to ever see anything change with Roe v. Wade. I never thought it would be overturned, and and yet, even. During an administration that you would feel it certainly couldn't happen in, the effects of the previous administration in putting in the Supreme Court justices they put in led to this. And come, I'll be honest with you, it's the whole reason I voted for Trump in the first place. Because mm. when I when I first voted for Trump, I didn't even like Trump. I, I didn't know much about him. And yet he promised he was going to put in conservative Supreme Court justices and I said, that's got to be the future of what we're looking at here. We've got to put somebody in who's going to put in Supreme Court justices that are going to have a, a conservative view of the Constitution of the United States. And it's funny. You can go back and look at those clips about his re- rationale and his reasoning for it and his promise, I'm going to do this. And it's what he did down the line. Now, I haven't been thrilled 100% with the justices that have been in there and some of the things that they've done. But man, there was a couple of rulings right there along with that abortion ruling that they yeah. just came out and and knocked it out of the park as yeah. far as from a constitutional view yeah. of how these things should be approached. They they did uh, they did some really weak stuff um, in terms of the elections, in my opinion. Yeah. But and that's why I did. I thought I thought Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, they're not going to have the spine to do this because. They were being intimidated. You know, cut them some slack. Um, they, they're being intimidated. They had people threatening On their, their lives. Line. They had a they had a Kavanaugh had a guy 
uh, who who showed up saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Okay, so – and Kavanaugh, I think, is one of the weaker links, and uh, I wouldn't want to be in that place right. uh, in that situation. But God bless them, man. They, they, they all showed up. Uh, John Roberts showed up kind of. But, <laughs> but praise God, we got a 5-4 solid decision on, on Roe v. Wade being overturned. And I told you a story where I was, I was at a Christian convention. I wept. Pastor, I mean, I just started weeping, and throughout that whole day, I would just think about the reality of what happened, and just tears. Mm-hmm. And and I got to be uh, with some of the the big pro life movers and shakers. Not me, but these some really people that have worked in the movement for years. I got to be in the same room with them mm-hmm. when when this took place, and I was honored just just to be with wow. with people that uh, like Janet Porter. Who who authored the heartbeat bill? Mm-hmm. She's the one that created it. She's from Ohio. Jason Rapert, who who was the leader of the of this group that we're with, National Association of Christian Lawmakers. We were down in Branson at uh, College of the Ozarks, and Jason Rapert, state senator from Arkansas, was the first guy in the country to to lead the passage of the heartbeat bill, mm. which says you can't kill a baby after there's a heartbeat. So. Uh, amazing, amazing things. Uh, and going I know on. this is exciting news. Everything that we talked about about these states that now are abortion free or have abortion bans. But man, I was down there in Charleston when um, they had people come and testify concerning, um, you know, what West Virginia should do. And man, that room was full of people who who said things that I've never heard spoken before, as far as just inflammatory disgusting things about wanting to murder babies and um and yet i feel like if we're not careful we'll fall into a malaise you know state to state and and think oh man we've won but there's still a lot of work to do at the state level in all these states Mm -hmm. you mentioned some things about west virginia you know we're hoping to get this Mm -hmm. codified in an actual law in the books that will you know go a long way toward making sure that abortions don't take place in our state I mean, how important is it for people to still have a voice in this? Yeah, so it's it's essential that you know, somebody texted me the other day, um, a young kid uh, from, you know, I say young kid, he's probably in his early 20s, from um, Mon- Monongahela County, Monongahela County, which is uh, Morgantown. And he said, we're thinking about coming down to the Capitol to protest for pro-life. Is it worth the time? I said, uh, it never hurts to, to come down. It never yeah. hurts. Uh, even if you think your work, your labor is in vain, um, it, it, it never hurts to show up. And and the, and you came down. Did you get to speak? You, For 42 seconds. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot well, of that, people. Yeah, so everyone wanted to, to speak. And, and the left comes out. They show up for stuff, yeah. and a lot of them because they don't have jobs. And <laughs> they show up. And, and uh, so I said something. Uh, here, here's... Here's how they are. So I said I, I, I sent an email out to a transgender, um, telling her that she was still a girl, and and she sent me a nasty email. So I sent her back one, and and the ACLU got a hold of it, created this meme. So I got like a thousand emails, all of them the same subject line, you know. But that's how they operate. Mm-hmm. They they will pounce. Yeah, that's not our nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the nature of Christians to to pounce we right. we want to stand for truth and uh we want babies to live 
and um, um, you know uh, we should do it in a with a good spirit. Thank That's uh, I'm telling myself that. <laughs> right now. Do it with You're a falling good under spirit, great conviction my, from your yeah, speech. I, I <laughs> so, uh, but but they show up. Yeah, the, the left will sh- will show up for that stuff. So so in that, strategic ways. They do. Like, uh, like I, I know that, you know, I heard a few of them talking with as many as they had speaking, you know, at this testimony time. And they got large groups together so that conservative voices would only have 42 seconds. Hmm. You know, I mean, it, it really limited the ability to, to give any kind of conversation about the, the subject at any real level. So, yeah, and it, it creates a facade mm-hmm. that it makes it, it – and it, it works – a lot in a lot of ways, but it can make the people there and the lawmakers there think, "Wow, uh, there's a lot of pro-choice people." No, West Virginia is overwhelmingly overwhelmingly pro-life. Yeah, but uh, but the left shows up and they are, you know, they scream and yell and burn down cities. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Antifa does, and they intimidate. And um, uh, th- but that's not our that, that's not the nature of of Christians. Yeah. And um, or nor, nor should it be, yeah. but yeah. But um, anyway, uh, so we just we just press on. The challenges the challenges after Roe v. Wade are overturned are are don't go away. They just are different, right? Yeah. So now West Virginia, but it's it's wonderful. We're working on a bill to outlaw ninety eight percent of the abortions mm-hmm. in West Virginia. Who thought that would happen? Yeah. And and many, many states, probably half the states in the country, the red states, will be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can get an abortion if you want. Um, and, 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 the, and everyone's got to answer for their, for their own decisions and, and what they stand for. Um, but uh, you, you have to go to a blue state for that to right. happen. You have to go to the big city where they still, they still are rabid about killing babies. Yep. Okay? And we're not that. In West Virginia, and we're going to pass a law, um, and so we don't care who doesn't like it. We're going to pass a law that protects babies in the womb, and we'll do that in Charleston. And um, if you're a, if you're a Buckeye, if you're in Ohio, listening to this, uh, Ohio is going to work in that direction also. Ohio has, I think, Ohio has the heartbeat bill on the books already, mm-hmm. and uh, so these these states that already have something like that in effect. That's just that's just what goes in effect after Roe v. Wade's overturn, whatever they have on the books. Mm-hmm. Ohio has the heartbeat bill. That's that's pretty good law. Yeah. And um, so that uh, that's that. Praise God for the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I just did not think it would ever. Ha- I I don't have that faith. Uh, Jason Rapert, the head of the NACL, where the convention, uh, I was t- talking to folks. He he said, yeah, I believed it. I believed. I believe him too. He's yeah. like he's an amazing guy. But. Uh, all right, folks, we're going to talk about education, some really inter- interesting stories coming up. A Kansas teacher who was suspended after she wouldn't call a student by their preferred pronoun. I'm going to tell you what happened with that. And um, uh, school board stuff in Florida. And Missouri school reinstates corporal punishment really i never i never unreinstated <laughs> yeah. it at my house <laughs> it's in there and uh, i'm gonna tell you about a book i just finished up we're gonna read a little bit from that you're listening to the voice of truth radio show don't go away
Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azer, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. The only show in the world where you'll experience the fusion the world. of church and state. It was America, it was, but, but uh, we sent our people out to <laughs> check Europe. We went to is it Europe, South America. Yeah. North, and, uh, hey, if we partner with Elon Musk, we might be able to say universe. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk. I'm liking him more and more. Yeah. So, uh, did you hear, did you see his interview on the Babylon Bee? With the I Babylon did. Bee? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, somebody called in and compared that to like the rich young ruler. You know, he mm-hmm. wasn't real interested in the gospel. I'm not sure of um, how theological they were in their presentation no. of the gospel. It wasn't, it wasn't great all the way around, but I, I've watched some things with him in it, and yeah. he is very much not connected with any form of real faith. Yeah. Um, he certainly isn't Christian for sure, but um, he he's tries to see things for what they are as much as a person without Christ can. Yeah. And so he's calling out some of the garbage that's going on. Yeah. I think mostly because it comes against what his ambitions are. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably are mostly the motivation. He has a fallen nature. What are you, how dare you? Yeah, so my boys are uh, Elon Musk fans. My son actually interviewed, I uh, probably shouldn't say this on the air, but he interviewed with Tesla oh, yeah. to get an internship, and he hadn't heard back, but he did get the interview. Uh, so they, my boys like uh, like Musk, and I like him more and more as we go. All right, can't, let's do some <clears throat> education stories here. Kansas teacher who was suspended after she refused to use students' preferred pronouns all the he, she, her, him. I don't even understand. I can't keep up with him. But this teacher said, I'm not going to use your preferred pronoun. You're a boy or you're a girl. Uh, so she won a lawsuit, won $95,000 in the lawsuit. That's amazing. Pamela Ricard sued Geary County Schools in March, saying she was reprimanded and suspended for three days last year for addressing the student by their legal and enrolled last name. So whatever mom and dad named them at birth, that's what she called them. God bless her. for her. So a Kansas teacher who sued the school district that suspended her for refusing to use a student's preferred pronouns reached a settlement with the district Wednesday and will be awarded $95,000, her lawyer said. So that's pretty good for three days off. That is really good. I don't know how much the lawyers (laughs) will get. They'll get probably, what, half. Yeah. But, um, uh who cares? Three days so, work. I, I'm working from memory here, just about some stories that I've I've heard of. Isn't there? Wasn't there a teacher like a similar situation over in the maybe the Netherlands or something where she actually got arrested for referring to somebody by um, a pronoun that they didn't want to be referred to by their their real pronoun? Hmm. But I think I that know. I think that happened over in in the Netherlands and they were arrested. I don't know, Tim. Does that ring a bell for you? Do you remember hearing anything about that? I mean, I, this stuff is going on everywhere now. I yeah. mean, you can't you can't just look at somebody and be truthful about <laughs> what their biology is. You, you you like risk arrest or or firing from your yeah. your vocation. Uh, my you know? my nephew, um, my sister's oldest, who was homeschooled, um, was a an attorney for Liberty and just took a job with a law firm that fights these things. Mm-hmm. And I, I was talking with him. We we uh, we we like to have conversations about stuff like this. And and um, 
he was i said well we're we're winning most of these lawsuits now he said actually we're not actually we're losing most of them um but uh, uh these these type of lawsuits religious freedom and that type of thing we've been getting creamed in court but we are winning some like this these are popping up this is alliance defending freedom the adf they're a great pro bono organization and uh uh, they just take, you know, what if there's an award, they take part of the award. But these are ADF. They're they're just uh, they're attorneys who made a lot of money and are tired of the money thing. They want to do something for God with their expertise, and they do do this stuff pro bono. Wow. So this gal, that's an important thing. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's not a lot of money. But that's a win. That's a win. That's a win for liberty, and uh, thank the Lord for it. All right, so number two story, a school board revolt in Florida. So this is from August 24. A lot of folks have heard about this, but this is a wonderful story also. This is uh, Tuesday's elections in Florida highlighted Republican midterm weaknesses. So this is uh, Wall Street Journal. They're going to take a punch at Republican weaknesses, actually – uh, we did pretty good on uh, in those elections. But one exception was school board races in Florida. Conservatives flipped control of at least two big districts that had put unions ahead of children. Hmm. This is a great story. 25 of the 30 school board members endorsed by Governor Ron DeSantis won or advanced in their race campaigning on, God forbid, parental rights. Yeah transparency, school choice, and safety. GOP-backed candidates won three elections in Sarasota County, creating a new 4-to-1 majority. This is where we have to go, That folks. is the messaging that we need to have in every election that takes place in any office everywhere is, is that type of messaging right there. Yeah, so if you go out and talk about it wins. Youngkin, parental rights. Youngkin in Virginia. Yeah, Youngkin, that's a, a, a great point. Glenn Youngkin won because what's his head uh, said, "No, nah, we don't do parental rights in Virginia." If I'm governor, okay, that's a problem. Yeah. So parents are waking up, mm. right now, not as much as they should, but parents are waking up. Um, okay, so the story continues. They also scored two big wins in Miami Dade. I'm thinking that's probably a big county. Miami <laughs> might be important. Two big wins in Miami Dade, which now becomes the largest U.S. school district with a conservative majority. Wow! These, these school board races we've neglected, ignored, and and we're paying for it. So we're starting to pay attention. Yep. We're starting to pay attention, and we're going to start winning these, both even locally here uh, uh, in uh, local counties. Both school boards last year voted to mandate that students keep wearing masks, defying parents, and Florida law. Mm-hmm. Um, so, big, a big win for DeSantis down there. He's like Trump with his endorsements. 25 out of 30 yeah. is a good, good record for uh, endorsements. Twenty-five out of thirty of his endorsements won school board races, and uh, so let me just read a little more. Florida's results follow parental revolts in school board elections from San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. Remember that? Yep. To Texas, then your boy you just talked about, Glenn Youngkin, 
used education to win Virginia's top job last year. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds has used primary endorsements to oust state House Republicans who blocked her school choice agenda. COVID restrictions awaken parents to the failings of too many public schools and their entrenched union control. Yeah. So. Um, See, that and the message of crime seems to be what's winning. Um, because in those same areas that were mentioned, like San Francisco, they ousted their DA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very liberal DA. And uh, they, they're doing something similar in Los Angeles County. And in other areas, you know, you've got these um, really liberal DAs that now are getting ousted because of the crime that is just going crazy yeah. in these big cities. Yeah. And if they'll just stick with their messaging on parent rights, crime, mm-hmm. and um, you know, making sure that our children aren't getting transed in all these different school districts, then they will have a solid showing you know, in, in the upcoming elections, I believe. And, and all these little elections, like the school, I mean, we call them little elections because they maybe don't get national attention most of the time, but that's a big deal when these school boards start getting overturned and you start getting conservatives in there. I mean, that's the grassroots that foundation is, of America right So there. Miami-Dade County is a conservative majority. I mean, that's, that's stunning. Yeah, that's, yeah, and is. that's Ron DeSantis. And, and DeSantis, speaking of firing DAs, I believe he fired uh, a rogue left-wing DA up there, and... Uh, These are all Soros people. You know, they're all, DAs. yeah, they're funded by Soros, and there's a DA in New York who's just ungodly oh. as anything, and um, uh, Lee Zeldin, who's running for New York, has got his sights on him, and he might win on that issue. Mm-hmm. We'll see. That'd be a tough race up there, but uh, if he wins, he's going after this guy who just keeps letting these... Uh, these thugs yeah. back on the streets and they do the same things it's just like that little gal who yeah was who running got kidnapped and, yeah. was running that guy was let out early yeah, he had a 22 22 year sentence you know what for kidnapping yeah. what's the bible say about kidnapping execution <laughs> you ex- that's what yeah. had they had 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 we if we had godly law based on scripture the guy that kidnapped this man it would have killed him he took him away around from atm to atm had him withdraw money the guy escaped he would have killed him i guarantee it and uh had they had they arrested when they arrested him executed him uh as scripture says he wouldn't have been back out on the street to kill this mom who is on video singing this little light of mine apparently a christian gal and uh missouri school district reinstates corporal punishment <laughs> i never unreinstated it in my house <laughs> our kids still talk about it so uh, my my oldest son who's in at w now he, he always imitates dad from when he was a kid when i would when i would get up quick out of my chair and go get the, the wooden spoon out of the drawer <laughs> he does that so anyway a uh cassville school district in missouri has decided to bring back corporal punishment students could be punishment punished with paddles under the new policy that administrators say is at least is the last uh, resort form of correction so th- this will be interesting to see if this is uh a trend yeah you know because one of the reasons teachers hate 
to teach is because they can't control their students. Mm-hmm. You've seen the videos of these punk kids getting up and talking to the teachers. Had they done that when I was in school, they'd have been slapped across the room or they'd been patted. They, they, the principal used to walk the hallways with a paddle in his and a friend of mine, I remember, <laughs> got pulled out of the hallway and paddled, and uh, his attitude was totally different. Yep. And uh, I got pulled in uh, in uh, to get paddled. I begged the teacher, please don't, please don't. And she didn't. She was a librarian, but she was going to adjust my attitude, and she did adjust my attitude. I was being a little punk. So, anyway, so that's uh, there, there's a, a Democrat – Senator that I sort of sit next to in judiciary, very liberal guy, but he he would he's he's not coming back this year. He's retiring, take doing running for county commissioner. But he uh, he said, hey, I'll, I'll I'll run a bill, a corporal punishment bill with you. He never did because he doesn't want to run a bill with my name on it. But, <laughs> but he um, he's like a corporal punishment guy. He's wow. liberal on everything else. Uh, but he said, uh, "Hey, let's let's do a corporal punishment bill together." We never did, but but people understand intuitively that kids need yeah. their their rear end smack, yeah. and uh, that's na- that's nature, right? God yeah. puts that nature in us. Um, so I was reading a book. I'm going to finish with this. We're about done for the segment. I'm reading. I just finished a book that I want to recommend called "Battle for the American Mind" by Pete Hexeth. Pete Hexeth is a former military guy, uh, decorated, um, and he's on Fox News. Mm-hmm. Folks might know him from there. But I was watching him on Fox, and he's talked about this new book he has out. I ordered it, boom, right there, which I don't do very often. And he wrote it with a guy named David Goodwin, who is a um, classical Christian education guy. And that's where the book moves toward. But it gives the history of the public school of, of of the public school movement, not just in America all the way back to the beginning, but even in millennial mm-hmm. uh, in millennia, and how we have always had Christian classical Christian education founded on scripture, scripture being central and teaching logic and Latin and reading the classics um, and not not a class your not your 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 typical classroom situation right. set up it's totally different and and it's a fascinating book i highly recommend it it it's not a heavy read but it gives a good basic understanding of who took over the frankfurt school which were marxists from Germany back during Hitler Hitler wouldn't have them they came to America these Fra- they were in Frankfurt Germany came to America who guess who took them in hmm. Columbia University hmm. gave them a home this is back in the 30s and and uh, they they created uh, critical theory mm-hmm. that's where critical theory comes from critical theory critical the critical part of critical theory is to criticize all of the fundamental the establishment uh, of the establishment yeah. of Western, mm-hmm. Western civilization. civilization. Yep. That's what it's about. So we hear critical theory. That's a really sounds like a really fancy term. All it means is to criticize what it is that made Western civilization great because these Marxists hate it. Yeah. Because they hate God. That's what it's all about. All right. So just a little tidbit here, Pastor. You'll find this uh, interesting, but. Uh, 
By 1990, the newly named NEA, National Education Association, while active in uh, matters of education policy, was still inconsequential with only 2,500 members in a country with roughly 500,000 public school teachers at the time. So here's a little history on the NEA. Uh, Two big teachers unions, NEA and the American Federation of Teachers, AFT. The NEA is the big one. In 1906, the NEA was chartered by an act of Congress. That's how it came into being. And far from a left-wing organization, it reflected America, traditional, conservative, and God-fearing. In the 1960s, the NEA was not like it is today. This is, I'm reading from Hex's book. I still have booklets. This is a lady uh, uh, who wrote a book called Standing Up to Goliath. Um, she says, he's quoting her here, in the 1960s, the NEA was not like it is today. I still have booklets given to us in teacher's ed for memorization in classroom. All of them are Bible verses. It's true. From the NEA. Yep. So that's where we were. And, of course, we took the Bible and prayer out of school in the uh, 1962 and 63. And... um, Look Look what's happening. Mm-hmm. Look what we have now. Yeah. Look, we have a cross-dressing teacher mm-hmm. at Parksburg High School. Wow. There are, listen, there are kids, uh, I'm not sure which school. Well, I think I know. I don't want to say on the air because uh, I don't know exactly which school's for sure. But these kids are, uh, these ga- little gals are identifying as cats. Hmm. C-A-T-S. Wow. Like for real, like they think they're cats. Yeah, they're, they're, they're obviously in, in dire need of attention and wow. love and, and parents who... Uh, but this whole thing is... The, the, there's, a, uh, there's a picture that is... Uh, I just saw somewhere this week of a little gal who had just had a mastectomy mm. standing by her mother because she identified as a boy. Wow. And the nurse, or the doctor standing beside her with a big smile who had just removed this little gal's, uh, just given her a mastectomy. I mean, it's evil. Wow. It's evil. And, and that's what we have. Uh, you want to take God out of the schools? Okay, you can do that. But, but take a look. look. Take a look inside. And we have pornography in, in, in schools, yeah. books full of pornography, and critical race theory, and um, it's 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 a battle. Yeah. But, we, but we need you know we need God back in the schools. Mm-hmm. So anyway, battle for the American mind, uprooting centuries uh, a century of miseducation, and he talks about classical Christian education getting and and these classical Christian schools are growing yes, they are. exponentially. Yes, they are. Homeschoolers uh, have. Have, is, are growing exponentially. Mm-hmm. I think 5 million homeschoolers in the country right yeah. now. Well, I mean, we've talked often on this show about America's history um, and how education developed in America and how even the beginnings of the formation of education in America was essentially brought about by the the pastors, by the ministers in in the United States who who opened up their churches and, and opened up opportunities for for people to learn and the basis of, of their learning was scripture. Everything mm-hmm. from how they learned their alphabet to how they, 
you know, learn their manners, which we don't teach manners very much in schools anymore, yeah. how they learned uh, discipline, how they learned all of these things all originated from the church. And, you know, I think the church needs to stand up again and have a voice in education. You know, I, I know that we had the big Christian school push back in the 70s and 80s where, you know, it seemed like on every corner where there was a church, there was a Christian school that was popping up. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and yet I do believe that, that today we need to have our children being taught the Bible, be, be taught the Bible. Okay, so, so, so people have their kids in public schools. Maybe they're not ever going to put them in another type of school. You better have them in church. Mm. And churches better have a solid program by which they're teaching these kids. We can't afford to just babysit kids in church. When, when, they, when they come to church, they should be getting an education mm. on Scripture. They yeah. should be being taught the stories of scripture. They should be yeah. memorizing verses. You know, in our in our church right now, we have a a program that we're putting together from the the we call it from diapers to diplomas. You know, as 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 children enter into our church, they're going to be taught at every level from from nursery all the way through to college and career age. And our focuses are in certain classes. They're learning the um, biography of scripture, so they're learning people, places, locations. They're going to be able to do that. Yeah at certain levels in different classes, they're learning the principles of scripture. Mm. So while we might know the people's places and, 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 and stuff that occurred in scripture, we're also going to learn the deep principles and how to apply them to our life. And then they're memorizing scripture in our Awana program to hide God's word in their heart. And then yeah. on Sunday nights, they're learning how to serve with all of that. So, so they're singing and performing in musicals and learning how to serve others in the church. So you've got to have a well-rounded education in the church and, and we've got to be serious about that in the church. And parents need to be serious about bringing their kids to church mm-hmm. if, if the church is going to put that much emphasis on making sure that they get a good biblical education. That's, that is just, you know, and that's awesome. That is exactly what we need. And kids that grow up in that atmosphere um, will not be uh, victims of Antifa and BLM. That's right. They won't be recruited by that, very unlikely, you yeah. know. There's always the kids that and if leave the guide of their youth. But. If they're confronted in school with some of these egregious philosophies mm-hmm. like, you know, gender fluidity and so on and so forth, they're going to be able to stand on stuff they've learned from their church, from their home. You know, we're, we're going to get confronted with this stuff in the world at some point anyway. You better be being taught somewhere how to stand up mm-hmm. and, and say no to the lies of our culture. Yes, yeah, amen. I was... I was uh, this uh, several years ago. I was at a dinner uh, at a relative's house, and um, uh, it's actually my sister-in-law was telling the story. She, she's a, a teacher locally, and we're talking about the the uh, the gender stuff. You know this uh, confusion with kids are having and, and, and uh, calling. I'm not sure if I'm a boy or a girl. And the little girl said um, that, what was it, the quote? She quoted the little girl. She said, my bus captain said that there's only boys and girls. So this little girl was taught yeah. um, uh, on, the, on the church bus right. about uh, biblical sexuality right. in, a, in a very decent way. And a, a godly way to where she understands 
uh, her bus captain said, the Bible says that, uh, and these are church buses, yep. obviously, the Bible says that uh, there's only a boy and girl. God made male and, male and female, yeah. and she learned that at a church. So, All right, so we will be back right after this. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. All right, so we're out of time on the Voice of Truth radio show today. Great to be back in the studio, Pastor. Mm. And uh, uh, so I've been I've been ill, but uh, I'm back in the saddle. No pun. <laughs> Just watch it. I'm but, not gonna say anything. So uh, so we'll uh, laugh. Well, Willie, we'll be back here uh, every week. This is Wednesday. We're recording, and uh, the show's on Thursdays at five, Saturdays at three. We podcast at uh, Mike Azinger. I don't know. <laughs> Mike Voice of Truth with Mike Gazinger. Voice of Truth with Mike Gazinger. So we podcast there, so tune in uh, to that, folks. But uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week. God bless you. I will choose to listen in.